John the Baptist, the cousin of Jesus. I, I'm we're going to spend a lot of time with John the Baptist. I, I can imagine in this gospel in a year series, he is uh, extremely important to the gospel story. I want to start with this introduction to John the Baptist with Matthew 11 and concerning some prophecies that John the Baptist actually fulfills. So beginning in Matthew 11, verse 1, when Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. Now, when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, are you he who is to come or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, go and tell John what you see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is he who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to behold? A reed shaken by the wind? Why then did you go out? To see a man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, those who wear soft raiment are in a king's house. Why then did you go out? To see a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, who shall prepare thy way before thee. Truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. That is a crazy saying. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and men of violence take it by force. For all the prophets in the law prophesied until John, and if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But to what shall I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their playmates, We piped to you and you did not dance. We wailed and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a demon. The son of Anne came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. Okay, so this is Jesus contextualizing who John is in the plan of the Gospels. And he tells the crowds, what did you go to the wilderness to see? And if you remember, he's called John the Baptist because he's, he's been preparing people to receive the Christ. You know, why did you go out to see a man clothed in soft raiment? Did you go to see a king? No, you went to see a prophet and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, behold, I send my messenger before your face who shall prepare your way before thee. This is a quote from one of the most intense prophecies of the Old Testament. I know they say that with like almost everything, but this is a quote from Malachi 3. So listen to Malachi 3, verse 1. Behold, I send my messenger to prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts, but who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears? Whoa. Okay. So (laughs) the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple and the messenger of the covenant, he is coming. Now you get it. You probably needed to get the more, more of the context of Malachi in general. So Malachi is written against, um, the wicked priests, uh, the wicked priest in the Jerusalem temple, which which is really poignant for Matthew here in Matthew 11, the Pharisees are starting to 
be very vociferous in their rejection of Christ. And so Malachi's oracle is pretty important for this. Uh, If we go to verse 6 in Malachi 1, A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my fear, says the Lord of hosts, to you, O priests, who despise my name? You say, how have we despised thy name? By offering polluted food upon my altar. And you say, how have we polluted it? By thinking that the Lord's table may be despised. When you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that no evil? And when you offer those that are lame or sick, is that no evil? And now entreat the favor of God that he may be gracious to us. With such a gift from your hand, will he show any favor to any of you, says the Lord of hosts. Oh, that there were one among you who would shut the doors, that you might not kindle fire upon my altar in vain. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, and I will not accept an offering from your hand. For from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name is great among the nations, and in every place incense is offered to my name, and a pure offering for my name is great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. But you profane it when you say that the Lord's table is polluted, and the food for it may be despised. Okay, this is quite an indictment. And this is written directly to the Levitical priests who are in the temple. Now, remember who John the Baptist is? He's the son of Zechariah. And so, and Zechariah is the one in Luke uh, 1 and 2 who offers, he's a, a Levitical priest, and he actually gets to offer the, uh, the sacrifice in the temple, in the Holy of Holies. So, uh, we have John the Baptist, a Levite, and what do we have Jesus doing here in Matthew 11? Who's this John the Baptist figure? He's the one of whom it's written in Malachi, behold, I send my messenger before thy face. Because what he's saying to the Levitical priest and what Malachi is saying here and what, what Jesus is invoking with this context is that the Levitical priest and the ruling uh, religious structure of Jerusalem has become very corrupt. You know, uh, yeah. You know, shall I accept this wickedness from your hand, uh, says the Lord God. So they're basically offering bad sacrifices because they don't really believe. They're taking the best for themselves and they're no longer doing right sacrifices. With this really interesting line in verse 11, from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name is great among the nations. And in every place, incense is offered to my name. This is quoted by one of the early church fathers, St. Justin the Martyr, in his dialogue with Trifo the Jew, where he brings up the... um, yeah, the reality that uh, the rising of the sun to its setting, uh, what, what Justin says is the old sacrifices no longer apply and that the Mass and the Eucharist have superseded um, the Old Testament sacrifices. And he quotes Malachi 1 verse 11. So if we move to Malachi 2, uh, and now, O priest, this command is for you. If you will not listen, if you will not lay it to heart to give glory to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then I will send the curse upon you and I will curse your blessings. Indeed, I have already cursed them because you do not lay it to heart. Behold, I will rebuke your offspring and spread dung upon your faces. The dung of your offerings, I will put you out of my presence. (laughs) Ooh, okay. So basically we have here what Malachi is saying is the priest have broken the covenant. The covenant that, that Levi has made with, that the Lord has made with Levi. In verse five, my covenant with him was a covenant of life and peace. And I gave them to him that he might fear. And he feared me. He stood in awe of my name. But you have turned aside from the way. You have caused many to stumble by your instruction. 
You have corrupted the covenant of Levi, says the Lord of hosts, and so I make you despised and abased before all the people, inasmuch as you have not kept my ways, but have shown partiality in your instruction. Okay, so this is quite intense. Uh, Judah has been faithless, an abomination has been committed in Israel and in Judea, for Judah has profaned the sanctuary of the Lord, which he loves, and has married the daughter of a foreign god. Malachi is a very priestly Levitical uh, oracle, um, and it's preaching against the breaking of the covenant by the religious leaders of the day. And if we go back to Matthew, and let's say we go back to Matthew 4, uh, where we have John the Baptist, sorry, Matthew 3, where we have John the Baptist. In Matthew 3, verse 7, when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit that befits repentance and do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I mean, this seems like it's directly out of Malachi. And as we'll see in Matthew 11 and moving on, the Pharisees are the main antagonist. And they're the ones who are in control of the Pharisees and Sadducees are the ones that are in control of the Jerusalem temple. And so Jesus quoting this in uh, quoting this from Malachi is showing John's role in indicting the uh, religious leaders of his day because they're not accepting of the Christ. Uh, one more part I want to uh, bring up in this. So we have, uh, behold, I send my messenger to prepare my way before me in Malachi 3 verse 1. And then the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to the temple. I mean, this is the incarnation that he's suddenly going to come into the temple. Who can endure the day of his coming? Then I will draw near to you for judgment. And if we go to uh, this whole Malachi 1 through 4, you should just definitely read. But Malachi 4, for behold, the day comes burning like an oven when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. The day that comes shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. Okay, Matthew 3 is pulling up here. You know, the axe is laid to the root of the tree, you know. Malachi 4 is definitely on, on, <laughs> on John the Baptist's mind. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and ordinances that I commanded for him. And then Malachi 4 verse 5, behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the land with a curse. Elijah, Elijah. Okay, right. So if you remember in the Old Testament, Elijah was taken up. He was, he was, you know, the greatest of the prophets of the Old Testament, did the most signs before Elisha. And Elijah was taken up by a chariot of fire into heaven. So there's no grave for Elijah. And so Malachi here prophesies that Elijah, the prophet, will come and turn the hearts of their fathers to their children. So that Elijah is going to come down from heaven again. And here we have in Matthew 11, verse 14, um, and if you're willing to accept it, John the Baptist is Elijah who is to come. So Malachi is in the background of John the Baptist, Malachi 1 through 4. And who is the antagonist that Malachi is going against? But the Levitical priests and religious leaders of his day. 
who is John the Baptist going against the religious leaders of his day who are leading Israel astray? But what's the promise that the Lord himself is going to come and going to bring back the people of Israel? He's going to come quickly into his temple. Okay, one more thing that's a really interesting line, one of the most interesting lines in the Gospels. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there is risen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet he who is at le- who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. This is a very important line. Okay, now let's think. Who's born of woman? <laughs> um, literally everyone, right? I mean, it's a, it's a statement of everyone in, in, a, in a certain, you know, obviously. Among those born of women, there is no greater than John the Baptist. According to natural virtue, John the Baptist is the most virtuous man that's ever lived. And this is a kind of John the Baptist maximalism, but I think it's it's there. Like in terms of natural righteousness and holiness, John the Baptist is to be said, no one's greater. But what is Christ saying about he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he? Well, it's because uh, it's the giving of the spirit that what happens in the new creation in Christ is we become a part of the family of God. And even like that represents so much greater than natural virtue. He who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. There's so much more we could say on this. We also have a, uh, a very interesting line. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and men of violence take it by force. And this is going to be fulfilled. Um, so the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence because John the Baptist is eventually going to be beheaded by Herod and uh, you know Christ is going to be killed as well that the prophets are being killed, that these who are, um, you know, for all the prophets in the law prophesied under John. And uh, Jesus will later on say all the righteous blood from uh, Abel the just to, to Zechariah, uh, son of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, will fall upon your head. In a certain sense, the Pharisees and Sadducees are the culmination of evil in Israel to a remarkable degree, to such a degree that it, it, um, it borders on an insanity at times. And we're going to see this throughout Matthew's gospel. You know, this wicked and perverse generation that Jesus is talking about, um, Josephus recounts it as well in the Jewish war that the generation of the Jews who were living in Palestine at the time of Christ and who were his contemporaries were of a maliciousness that has never been seen in Israel. And so the violence that the kingdom of heaven suffered early on in those days, um, Christ is definitely right that the uh, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and men of violence take it by force. So there's going to be much more to say about John the Baptist. I hope this serves as a, a bit of a, a, an intro and so we can get into John the Baptist uh, substantially more. And read Malachi 1 through 4. Malachi 1 through 4 is just spectacular. Uh, we're going to see far more about the antagonism of the Le- uh, uh, sorry yeah of the Levites basically of the Sadducees and the Pharisees throughout Matthew's gospel and throughout the other gospels.